Today, what I want to talk about on this episode of This Week in Marketing is the top marketing systems, I'm going to use the buzzword, that you should be integrating into your business so that you can run more efficiently and get more output, more benefit out of your marketing. The term systems is arguably overused and vague. Lots of top producers, lots of businesses say, oh, the key to success is obviously, clearly it's systems. But then they don't really define what kind of systems because that's a vague kind of category of, it could be any kind of a system, but the key to success is largely attached to systems, but a system is nothing more than your way of doing something. It's a documented process for, hey, if you wanna put this here, do this. It's our steps to success, that's all a system is. And so today, what I wanna talk about are the top marketing systems for you to integrate into your business for massive success in 2022 and beyond because the reality is, if you don't have a strategy or a process or a, here's that word, system for doing things the way you do them, then you're gonna do things haphazardly. You're gonna do things by guesswork. You're gonna do things in a way that is not the most efficient route for maximizing results of whatever that thing is. So today we'll talk about, specifically in the world of digital marketing, what are the top systems that you should have integrated and implemented in your business so you can level up in terms of lead generation, lead nurturing, and just getting better performance, better output, better results out of your marketing. The key is systems and I'm gonna break down for you the top systems for marketing. Welcome to This Week in Marketing. My name is Jason Pantana. I'm your host, I'm your instructor, and I am really, really glad that you're here to watch this episode because I'm excited about this topic. If you've been watching this show for a while, you know I'm excited about every topic because I'm excited to talk about marketing. I enjoy sales, marketing, and running a business, and today is no exception. Now, if you're new to the channel, it would mean just the world to me and to Tom and to our ecosystem if you would hit that big red subscribe button. And when you do subscribe, there's a little bell icon right next to that button. Tap it and it will notify you for whenever we publish new videos just like this one. So you're the first to hear about them, first to watch them, first to implement the strategies and tactics therein. Now, without further ado, let's dive into our topic today, which is the top digital marketing systems of 2022 and beyond. Let's go. Now, the first digital marketing system that we need to integrate in your business is for your content, which by the way, if you're not making content, you should be making content, blogs, videos, it's just the substance, the essence of what you do in terms of being the expert you are. How are you through different media types kind of promulgating that information across the web? It could be, again, through blogs, through videos, through social media posts. What is your content mix? You should be making content if you're not, but the first system we're gonna create today is your content distribution system. And I'm here just kind of as a coach. I'm here to give you ideas and inspiration for you to work in your business, knowing what content you create to get the maximum exposure of every single thing you post across any single platform. Because reality is making content requires tons of effort. It's effort for me right now to talk to that camera and make a video. It's effort for you to write and do what you do with making content for you to not have an optimal game plan in terms of how do we take that content from here and put it everywhere to get the maximum exposure for every single thing we post. For you to not have that kind of a system in place, it means that you're wasting effort into content that could have gotten more for you, but got less because you lacked the system. What is a system? A system is your way of doing things. You need a way of doing things when it comes to how do you syndicate, how do you circulate, how do you distribute your content across the web. Now, one thing I wanna make you aware of when it comes to content distribution is, I think most people think that, oh, that means Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and just social platforms. 
I look way beyond that. To me, your content distribution should include all the major social platforms. So again, that's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, that's LinkedIn, all the major, I probably missed some, all the major social platforms. And it should also include your email list. You should also start thinking of your content as being a respective outlet for your email list. Your email is a content marketing channel. I think most people in real estate especially think about email as a sales channel, and it is, but email is a special kind of content channel because it's both sales and marketing. And I would advise you that if you don't have some kind of a weekly newsletter, we call it a weekly roundup, whereby every week you publish your content, that valuable content you're producing, and it goes into that newsletter, the content throughout the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever, gets integrated into a weekly campaign email to your entire database, I think you're not using email the right way. You need at least a weekly email, but that's another outlet for your content distribution. So it's not just social media sites. It's also social media. It's also your email list. It's also your Google business page. And a Google business page has different types of media. They have products, they have posts, they have photos, they have videos. It could be all the above. There's just a lot of options. And when you're publishing content on Google, it's really helping your SEO along in terms of ranking on high intent customer searches who are looking for an agent just like you. So again, it's not just your social media sites. It's also your Google business page, your email list, and guess what else it is? It's your blog, it's your website. I've talked about this on this show before that the average life expectancy of a video on social or a post on social is like 24 to 48 hours. It's basically the life of a fruit fly. And then poof, it's done, it's over, it's nada, it's just an afterthought. However, if every respective thing you posted on social was also grounds for a new blog post, then that blog with the embedded video or the embedded photo or whatever the media type was, that content becomes SEO for you and it just lasts and lasts and lasts and you're getting maximum mileage for everything you post. The first system you need to create is the ultimate content distribution system and it's more than just social networks. It's also your email. It's also your Google business page. It's also your blog. I want to see you take your content literally everywhere. Now to do that, you probably need some tools. A lot of folks utilize third-party publishing tools, which I have no qualms with. The biggest issue that I have with third-party publishing tools is A, they don't publish everywhere that I want to go. So they're only a partial solution. And B, the biggest issue is that people say it hurts your engagement. I don't think they're what hurt your engagement. At the end of the day, these third-party publishing tools are utilizing an API that the respective platform, whether it was Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatever, gave to them to use. And so I hardly think they're gonna be turned around and penalized for doing the thing they were permitted to do. The reason why I believe third-party publishing tools create for a loss of engagement is because somebody sets it and forgets it. And they don't follow their shot, so to speak. They don't go after the post and work the comments thread, share it to their stories. They're not active in the platforms. And so they're not getting themselves to populate on the feeds of the people whose posts they just commented on. They're not working the post. And so if you use a third-party publishing tool, you should also bake it into your calendar that you or your admin or somebody is working the post. That's part of your distribution sequence. Are you working the post with comments, DMs, story shares, and all that kind of stuff to make sure that every algorithm is completely primed so that, again, your content sees the maximum exposure possible because 
It's just too much work for you to fail to do that. So in addition to third-party publishing tools like Hootsuite or Buffer or Later or Sprout Social, or there's a ton of them out there. So you may also think about how do I streamline my email marketing, my blogging, my Google business page distribution? And the answer may be, a human solution. You might want to think about hiring a virtual assistant or an admin and training them. My encouragement to you today is to build a system that works for you. I'm not here to necessarily tell you the exact system. I'm here to tell you that you need to build a system and here are the things I'd be thinking about when it comes to building the optimal system. When it comes to content distribution, I wanna see that every single post has the maximum exposure possible. And I wanna make sure it goes to every respective platform, which is more than a third-party publisher can necessarily do. So it may also be a human solution in terms of training somebody on the way you want things done. Your distribution sequence should also include the way you want things posted, optimizing for hashtags, for text, for keywords, all the little new of everything you want done, it should be put into a system. And it can even include making sure there is somebody to, like we said a second ago, follow the shot. When you post on Instagram or Facebook or whatever platform it is, who's gonna go in and work the comments thread? Who's gonna share to the stories? Content distribution is a massive system, but if you can implement a system that works for the content you're creating, then the success and the results that come from that content are gonna be exponentially greater than if you're just winging it or trying to get through the content distribution. Content creation is way too much work to fall short of having the optimal system for distributing it to the largest possible audience. Now, the second digital marketing system that you should highly consider integrating into your business is a review requesting process. A lot of agents are just kind of winging it or they ask for the review once, but they don't have a solid process, i.e. a system around the way we do it, the way we generate online reviews. They haven't defined what platforms are the most important. What are the number of times and when do we ask for reviews? How do we ask for reviews? I want you to think about your ultimate review generating system. And again, that system should answer these three questions. Where do we wanna get reviews? That's the first question, where? Ideally, I want you to generate them on your Google business page. Now, I also think your local services ads are important. I also think Yelp is important because guess what? Yelp has great SEO. What's more, Yelp feeds Google Maps. Google Maps feeds Instagram local discovery. Yelp also feeds Alexa. Yelp also feeds Siri for when people ask for things. And so my point is like Yelp matters too. Also Zillow and Realtor.com. There's lots of places to get reviews and we know or you should know that, hey, you can't carbon copy reviews. If I publish a review or if you get a review published on realtor.com that then gets published on your Google business page, Google starts to see all that as duplicate content. So there needs to be a system, a process of priorities for where you get reviews. I'll give you my two cents. Number one, I think your Google business profile is the most important. Why? Because it has the most SEO baked into it and because it can sync with your Google local services ads. However, if you get a deal directly from your Google local services ads, I would give them the review. I also think Yelp matters. I think I would ask the question to my clientele who's active on Yelp and if anybody says they are, then focus on getting the review from them. That's what I would do. So the first thing your system has to really think through is where do I wanna get reviews? Is it Yelp? Is it Google business profile? Is it Google local services ads? Is it Zillow? Is it Realtor? And if it's all the above, I obviously cannot use the same review across all major platforms. So what's my strategy? What's my, what's my process, my system for deciding which ones go where? And again, my top pick is your Google business profile. Now, the next major question you should ask when you're building out this process, this system for how do you get reviews is when will you ask for the review? Timing matters. Most agents mistake is they ask for the review like one time and they're like, oh, I didn't get a review, but you gotta ask more than once. I mean, this is like lead follow-up. How many times do you have to follow up with a lead in order to convert that lead? The answer is a lot. Well, reviews is the same way. 
You got to keep trying. So what are the different waypoints or inflection points in the course of a transaction or working with a client when you ask for the reviews? And I would tell you my fundamental rationale for when to ask for the review is when they're happy. Whenever something good happens, that's when you ask for the review. And so the question is, what's the first good thing that happens? And usually they went under contract. So I'm going to ask for a review. Okay, what's the next good thing that happens? Well, maybe they clear some contingencies. And we've talked about this on this show before. And so you can use your own discretion. Was it a happy clearing inspection or is this deal just hanging on by a thread because you got to use your common sense for should I or shouldn't I ask for the review? What about a clear to close? What about on our way to final walkthrough? I think most agents ask for the review at closing. And what I would argue, closing is arguably the least effective time to ask for the review because they're super busy. They're closing. They're taking on a mortgage. They're trying to sell their house. They're preoccupied. And so you can ask, you can ask for the review at closing. I just think if that's all you're doing, that's a missed opportunity. Now, I would also say asking for the review post-transaction is fine. Let the dust settle. Maybe wait two weeks or three weeks or four weeks and ask again. And then at every 90-day point, like Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, maybe you build into your process another reminder for, hey, who's closed in the past 90 days from whom we have not gotten a review? So, so far, our system should be answering two questions. Where do we want to prioritize getting reviews? And if that's multiple platforms, how do we decide the pecking order in terms of this one takes priority, if this, then that? What's the process in terms of where the reviews go? That's the first question. The second question is, when do we ask? And the basic story is, whenever something good happens, you ask for the review. And then the last question is, well, how do we ask for the review? Now, my advice in terms of how to ask for the review and what I want to focus on today is to do so multi-channel. A lot of agents, they just send the share link review form and that's it. And if you click it, you click it. If you felt the review, you felt the review, whatever. I would argue you should go multi-channel. So like, let's say that you email a request to share the link that directly goes to, for instance, a Google business profile. Okay, fine. You should also accompany that email with a text message, a nudge that says, hey, so-and-so, you wouldn't call them that obviously, but hey, so-and-so, it's been a pleasure working with you and your family in this transaction. I just sent over an email requesting an online review and it would really mean the world to me if you could take a look at that and leave that review ASAP, thanks so much. My point to you is don't ask in just one way, go multi-channel, mix up your modalities and ask in multiple ways. It could be a video message, it could be a text message, it could be a phone call, a voicemail, a voicemail drop, it could be an email or different combinations. My thought to you is pattern interrupt them. Don't be like annoying, but it's okay to be persistent. And obviously, in terms of how you ask, when you ask, you should ask warmly and graciously. And I would also tell you, you should ask in a way that is specific because for instance, with Google, and we've talked about this on this show as well, we know that Google reads the reviews. And from an SEO standpoint, search engine optimization, we know that certain keywords are gonna help you rank better. Like for example, if you ever do a Google search in your market for best realtor near me or whatever, in the local pack where it shows three of the top performing Google business profiles, sometimes Google will highlight a little snippet of a review where it actually emboldens the text that says best realtor as if it's mirroring the language of the search query you just ran. So all I'm trying to say to you, like don't let that go over your head. I'm simply saying to you, Google reads the reviews and they look for keywords, best realtor, top realtor, your name. So I would, I would also give some basic guidance on trying to get a little bit more of a meaty review out of folks. In other words, don't just say Jason, say Jason Pantana. Say what you did, where you did it. Try to be as definitive and descriptive as possible. So you obviously can't go into too much tremendous detail when you ask for the reviews. So I would craft a sentence that says something to the effect of, when you leave the review, 
the platforms are looking for specific words to understand who it's relevant for. So the more specific you could be about what we did, where we did it, and how we went about it, that's gonna really help me from a search engine standpoint. Now you can wordsmith that, but that's the basic idea that you, when you ask for the review, wanna be directing people into saying, hey, give me some meat, give me some substance in this review so I can build it up from an SEO standpoint. Now, one more thing that could be part of your system, and this is kind of a bonus, so we answered the questions, uh, where do we wanna get reviews? When do we ask? How do we ask? You might also have a process for what happens if, for instance, we have common issues. Like on Google, sometimes your reviews get filtered or they don't get published. What are some workarounds for that? It could be part of your system. And I wanted to share one quick idea before we move on. If you're having difficulty with getting reviews to actually publish where somebody says, hey, I reviewed you, and it shows that I reviewed you, but it's not actually being published on your Google business page, then what I would encourage you to do is from time to time, instead of requesting for folks to review you by way of Google's unique share link, they tell you, Google tells you, send the share link and then they click the link and they go leave you the review. Instead, I would encourage them to go find you on Google. So here's what you can do. You can do a Google search that triggers your Google business profile. And then you can copy that URL that is that search query where it's as if you search for your name and you're taking the saved Google search and you send them that link. So it runs the Google search that triggers your profile to show. They can then navigate down to the review buttons and they can leave you the review manually. So the point is, if you are struggling with your reviews not publishing on Google, specifically your Google business profile, maybe consider asking folks to actually Google you, to find you, get your profile to trigger in their search results, and they leave the review manually as if unprompted because usually it's when Google thinks that you as the business owner are putting people up to it too much and they think it makes it seem disingenuous or it's not as authentic or something along those lines. So find ways in your system about getting reviews to work around some of the bugs that you might run into in terms of my reviews aren't publishing. But all that's really important for you to take away right now is online reviews, they're like currency. Every time somebody reads a review or they discover a review, it can resonate with a consumer in a way that you never could with any other marketing medium out there. So if you're not leveraging reviews, you need to build and integrate a system for getting more reviews online. All right, now our third and final digital marketing system for conversation in this video, this is a big one, is audience retargeting. Now in marketing, let's just do some definitions and glossary of terms for a second. There's two big words that you'll see all the time in the context of digital marketing, targeting, retargeting. Now, targeting means that I'm going to target my ads or my content, my marketing basically, at an audience that maybe they share some affinity or they're in the same geographic area. That's targeting and they don't have any prior exposure to me necessarily, but then there's retargeting. Retargeting is I am targeting on the basis of this is not their first rodeo with me. They have seen my content or they've seen me in some way, shape or form. My marketing proves it and therefore I am retargeting them and there are different ways to retarget. Now, another thing to explain upfront, retargeting and remarketing are basically the same thing. They're just synonyms that are interchangeably used. It basically means that somebody somewhere along the way, they're being targeted with whatever it is you're targeting. It could be a social media post. It could be an ad you're running on Google, whatever it is, an email you're sending. And it's on the basis that at some point prior to, they left a fingerprint, a digital fingerprint that was their first exposure to your brand, to your business, and therefore you're retargeting them. And I'm going to argue today right now that you need a retargeting system as part of your marketing mix, especially if you would call yourself a digital marketer. Now, the first two systems, online reviews, content distribution, those are kind of like non-negotiable. You need that in your business. 
This one's a little bit more sophisticated. However, if you're making a lot of content and you're not reusing it for ads, as in retargeting, or if you're doing a lot of website traffic and ads that drive there, but you're not retargeting, or you're generating a ton of leads, but you're not retargeting, you're leaving opportunity on the table. Because the reality is you're gonna generate leads and then at some point those leads will decide to buy or sell, but the dash in between, like you're born, you die, you live, that dash between when the lead was generated and when it actually closes, that's the life of your brand. That's the life of your marketing. That is the opportunity to build consideration for working with you and through you when they ultimately decide to transact. So you need a retargeting game plan and I wanna answer two fundamental questions in terms of how we define the system. First, who are we retargeting? And then secondarily, with what are we retargeting? So who and what? Those are the two questions. First and foremost, we're retargeting your past clients, your sphere of influence, and your leads. It's the people you already know, right? They've got prior exposure to you, and I wanna continually through what we will talk about next, which is the what, the what stuff am I actually gonna retarget with, we're gonna retarget them to do what? Create consideration, build your brand, build awareness, stay top of mind. All those types of activities are fundamental drivers of your marketing. So the first question is who? are we retargeting? And the first part of that answer is your past clients, your sphere of influence, your leads. In other words, it's your CRM, your contact relationship management. Now, the next group of individuals with whom we should be conducting our retargeting is anybody who's been on your website, your website. Now, this one's a bit more technical, but believe it or not, all these major platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, Pinterest, uh, TikTok, LinkedIn, all of them, they offer some kind of a tracking code that is unique to every one of their advertisers, that's you, that can be installed on the back end of your website. You might need your web developer's help to do that. Now, let's just imagine I'm on your website and let's pretend that you've installed Facebook's Pixel, which is the tracking code Facebook offers to its advertisers, which includes Facebook and Instagram for retargeting purposes. So you've got your Pixel on your website, I go to your website, and because I'm there, that means that you as an advertiser on Facebook and Instagram can actually now retarget me with your content, with your ads, because I was on your website. That tracking code allows the major platforms, again, Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, whatever, to know who is on your website where the code is installed so that you can retarget on the basis of they went to this page or they spent this much time here or they you know, halfway filled out a form but didn't totally complete it. Now, let me go one layer deeper. There's been a lot of change because there are a lot of new emerging internet protocols for privacy and so forth. And so your Facebook pixel isn't necessarily what it once was, but it's still pretty darn good. However, Facebook, which by extension includes Instagram, has also rolled out the conversions API. Now, this is some technical stuff right now, but if you wanna get better optics on who exactly was on the website so that we can actually get that data from the browser to Facebook for the retargeting purposes, you might wanna also install, in addition to your pixel, your conversions API. This may require some additional research after this video. Now, whatever the platform is, again, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Google, they all are gonna use a name to describe their tracking code that's something like a pixel, a tag, a snippet, an API. Those are the most common words. So for example, TikTok has one, Pinterest has one, they all have one. Google calls theirs the global site tag. Google offers a product called a tag manager, which is one container to hold all your tag snippets, pixels, and everything to try to make this more organized. But in the world of retargeting, this is another big group of who are we retargeting? 
all the people who are on your website. If you're making an effort to drive traffic to your website, but you're not tracking who was there and what they did and how long they were there and all those kinds of optics so you can retarget them to try to move them step-by-step closer to wanting to work with you, then you are missing an opportunity. Now, the third group in terms of who we should retarget, this is the last one that we're gonna talk about. We said your past clients, sphere and leads, all your CRM data. Then we said all your website traffic, so pixels, tags, snippets, APIs, all that stuff. And now the last group is engagement audiences. What are those? When somebody is on Facebook and they watch your video or they like it or they comment, whether it's Facebook or Pinterest or whatever the platform is, those platforms pay attention to every little thing, every interaction that possibly happens. And they allow you to create what are called engagement audiences. So I can create engagement audiences of people, for instance, on this platform who watched this much of my video, or they commented on this platform, or they DM'd me, or they took any kind of an action to engage with me or interact with me on any respective social platform. Every major platform that we've talked about, again, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Google, YouTube, they all provide the ability to retarget on the basis of these types of engagement audiences where they interacted with your stuff on that respective platform. So here's just kind of zooming out and talking about this at a higher level. Who are we retargeting? Anybody in your CRM, anybody who's been on your website, anybody who's engaging with you on social media across the board. Those are the three groups in terms of who we're retargeting. Now, the next question we said we'd ask is, okay, with what are we retargeting them? And this is where it gets a lot easier. The hard part is kind of casting a wide net to get everybody into the funnel, so to speak. But the easier question is, with what will we retarget them? And the answer is ads and emails, that's it. Now, let's talk ads first. Ads, what are ads? Well, ads are basically paid promotions on any respective platform, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, all these different social platforms. It's just a paid promotion. Okay, what am I promoting? Well, I may have a specific offer that I wanna advertise. Maybe I wanna offer get a home valuation or go search for homes on my website or something like that. Or maybe we could just make it really easy and say, you know what? I just wanna offer them to see my latest content. So you could actually just retarget everybody with your latest content. And it almost becomes like an extension of your content distribution system because our content distribution system we talked about in the first one was get your content everywhere. But now we're like, how do I pay to promote my content to get it to a bigger audience? Because reality is roughly 90% or more of your followers on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever platform it is, they don't see any given post you share. And if they don't see that post, then it fails to exist. Why don't they see it? Well, because there's so much out there vying for their attention that every time you post, it's not gonna be seen by all your followers, which means it's not gonna help move them forward in terms of wanting to work with you and occupying that mind share where they're like, you're the agent I wanna work with. So what can you do? You can pay to promote your content. Now, the other thing that you can utilize for retargeting your people is email. Now, obviously you gotta have an email address. So just because somebody liked my post on Facebook doesn't mean I have their email address. Fine, that can be part of my advertising on those different social platforms. But email is anybody for whom I've got an email, they should be added to my list where I'm sending out valuable content on a regular basis. Now, I wanna make this as simple as we can. The goal here is to build a system for retargeting. Why? Well, because we should be because I want to just create more familiarity and more exposure to your brand. So when the time does come to transact, people are like, this is a no brainer. I want to work with them. That means we have to define two questions. Who will we retarget and with what will we retarget? Well, the what is just ads and emails. What are ads? They could be simply paid promotions of my content. That's as simple as they could be. They could be more than that, 
but that's the option you have before you. And then the other layer of it is your email. You need a weekly email campaign because that's gonna be one of the main staples of your marketing that is outgoing to your entire database of all your people. There you have it, the top digital marketing systems to integrate in your business to see crazy growth and to leverage systems in your business from a marketing standpoint. Now, some of the stuff we talked about might be very obvious and low hanging fruit for you. And if that's the case, great. Start there, make this as easy as possible. And then some of the stuff like the retargeting and the pixels might've like flown over your head. That's okay too. What matters is that you're constantly continuing your evolution as a marketer, that you keep growing and you keep learning as a marketer. If that's too complex for you now, a year from now, it may not be. If you apply yourself to learn, because reality is, we live in the greatest era in the history of time to be running your own business and to be marketing your own business. So don't be intimidated by learning curves. Instead, just say, what's the opportunity in front of me now? Take that next step. And then iteratively, you grow your skill set, you grow your competence, you grow your abilities to leverage all the world of marketing that is before you because it's just a crazy good time to be marketing a business. Now, thank you so much for watching This Week in Marketing. If you have questions or comments or thoughts, I'd love to hear from you in the comments thread. And please make sure to smash that little thumbs up button on YouTube so that YouTube's so happy with us for making a video like this. And until next week, this is This Week in Marketing.